0: That is right. what he said. But that's not the same <laughs> as a
1: professional Jew.
0: Which I'm saying, Michael said another time when we called him on the phone. Nobody has to. No, Michael's a Jewish <laughs> professional. I'm a professional Jew.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2021 version of Ultimate Musical Theater Brackets. This year, it's all about I want songs. My name is Alex Schneidman. Everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to the first week, round one of Ultimate Musical Theater Brackets, Season Three, I Want Songs. Uh, we finally are into the bracket, ready to make some, some judgments on who shall live and who shall die. And uh this week we are very excited to have some some panelist judges with us today. Uh of course, there is Mariah, who who you met last week. Mariah, say hi. Uh, and joining us today are Rosie Jo Netty and Michael Hurwitz. Uh, Rosie Jo, introduce yourself and tell us, what gives you the right to be a judge in this bracket?
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Rosie Jo Netti. Um What gives me the right? I suppose not a day has gone by since about the age of five that I haven't thought about, pondered over, meditated to a musical theater soundtrack. In my professional dabblings, I am a musical theater performer. I am a musical theater choreographer slash dance captain. I most recently, before the pandemic, um, completed a year and a half run of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, which won the Drama Desk for Best Revival of a Musical, Um, And for more credentials, you can see my website at rosijonetti.com or follow me at rojoned at instagram.com.
1: And and do you think all of these things (laughs) make you worthy of being a judge in this? this
2: None of those things makes me worthy of anything. What makes me worthy (laughs) is that I have excellent taste.
1: Well, that's good to know. Mr. Hurwitz, uh, if you could introduce yourself and tell us what gives you the right to be a judge on this podcast?
3: Hello, I'm Michael Hurwitz. In season one of this podcast, I did not disclose my last name because I was terrified I would say something sort of scandalous and never work in the professional theater ever again. But now that the professional theater doesn't really exist, I can say whatever I want. And <laughs> <last name. laughs> Like Rosie, I would say that musical theater is my love language and the lens through which I see the world.
2: Don't put uh, words in my mouth. No,
3: one <laughs> that. I, I, I think I think you and I put people who like what whatever makes us worthy is that we live and breathe this perhaps more than other people. Although those people don't listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a theater director uh, currently moonlighting as a Jewish professional. Um, and I do have a dream uh, that one day we will talk about musical theater characters and songs and stories. where we talk about myths and biblical stories and, and Job and people like that. So, you know, I want, I want, I want, I think, I think that's the power of musical theater. I think it's a future musical theater. So I'm happy to be talking about musical theater in such a mainstream channel, like a podcast.
1: Mainstream. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um, here's how the voting works, guys. And this is for our, our panelists, judges, and for all of our listeners, because uh, it be, can be a little confusing. Public votes constitute 70% of the cumulative tally. This podcast vote that we're about to do is the last 30%. So you can imagine. If in the in that 70%, the a song gets more than five sevenths of the public vote, it automatically locks it into the next round. So if a song has only 19.9% of the vote plus 30, you're only gonna get 49.9% and it'll never progress. Why are you laughing, Mariah?
0: I just think it's funny that in this buy and 4 podcast of of theater lovers who are dabbling in both sports and math. I just think that it's funny we're taking those things (laughs) off.
1: I think it's perfectly apt. Now, everybody, the moment that everyone has been waiting for. We're going to move through this first round of the Ultimate Musical Theater Bracket, I Want Songs. Um, and we're going to start in the top left of the bracket, uh, in this top left quadrant of the eight matchups, six of them have already been decided for our judges today. And I'm not going to tell you which two until we get to them. Starting with The Wizard and I from Wicked and Purpose from Avenue Q, uh, this was an absolute route. Uh, The Wizard and I beat Purpose 90% to 10% for 62.7% of the total vote. Uh, Rosie Jo, do you have anything you'd like to add about this matchup?
2: I do. Um, I'm not going to waste time uh, defending Wizard and I against purpose because there's no need, but I would like to point out that the Wizard and I has one major element I personally love and look for in an I Want song, which I will coin now as the well, isn't it factor? The well, isn't it factor occurs when... The character gets exactly what they say that they want in their I want song and then realizes perhaps this is not what I want. Allah, happy is what happens when all your dreams come true. Well, isn't it happy is what happens when your dreams come true?
0: Well, I just I want to just jump on that. I mentioned to Alex the other night that this is a really interesting category, I think, because the I want song does a really intentional structural job. And I was telling Alex that I thought, I have been defining for myself successful I want songs as songs that like say the literal want of the show and like connect us to the plot. But then what I called um, the well, isn't it thing is uh, the promise and the expectation, right? So I think the song also has to tell us like, what is the figurative, abstract, maybe emotional want that's coming from that literal want? Like, is it home, is it love, is it whatever? And then also the expectation of like, I am going to do this to get there so that it is contrasted with something different that happens later. Um, And I'm mentioning this now just because I, I think that Rosie was sort of saying what I was saying and then that's something I'm going to be looking a lot for in these songs of like why I think they're successful or why they think that I think they work
2: better it's like the literal objective is I want to be partners with the wizard but the super objective is I want mass love and acceptance
1: all right do we think we can vote uh Mariah what's your vote wizard and I Michael what's your vote
3: Wizard and I, but I think we should say something about purpose. I just My think it's idea. a great song. I think it does yeah. it, it. does the talk very, very, very well. I also just want to put as a warning to future listeners that Wizard and I have some funky ass lyrics that I yes. think deserve some, some microscopic attention. And I don't want to just careen Wizard and I to the final two or the final four without really thinking about folks here to an absurd degree seem fixated on your bird degree. That is crazy.
1: <laughs> and Rosie Joe, The Wizard and I. Okay, great. So The Wizard and I defeats Purpose by a tally of uh, 92.7 to 7.3. Next up is Something's Coming from West Side Story versus The Girl I Mean to Be from The Secret Garden. This was an even bigger washout. Something's Coming beat uh, Secret Garden 91 to nine. Does anyone feel very strongly about this? Michael, what do you have to say?
3: Yes, I'm not surprised but I do think that Girl I Me mean, To Be deserves to be in the conversation for a longer time, and this is why. I'm a stickler on structure, but if you're gonna break the rules, you better break the rules really, really well for a really good reason. And I think Girl I Me mean, To Be does that. It is the opening of act two in most productions, um, which is the atypical spot, not where I would mostly want and I want song, but to me is reflective on Mary Lennox, protagonist of that show's inability to want or to express any kind of want for that entire first half of that show. like. She is so stunted and so shut in and so shuttered that she cannot even bring herself to express or think about something that is aspirational or possible enough to aspire towards. And so when we get to it in the top of act two, which is sort of like a surreal dream sequence it's sort of weird, but that like her getting to want something is in of itself like her burgeoning. It is like the spring is coming just by her being able to express that want. Um, And I think that's sort of a brilliant character journey to go on uh, and makes that song a real delight.
2: I agree with everything that Michael said, and I also think that every I Want song should answer the question, what does the character want? What does Tony want in Something's Coming, besides something? Yeah, I
0: I put in my notes that Something's Coming to me is just a different-sounding purpose. (laughs) Like, It's very vague, and like... You know some of these songs are very very similar in in like in lyrics and composition and whatever and it doesn't mean they're not successful if they're vague but something's coming to me doesn't it doesn't answer that question also this is not really related but some songs do not sound like music to me and something's coming does not sound like music to me and i'm just gonna say that right now
1: (laughs) Okay, so we're gonna make it through, we're gonna vote. Um, Mariah, what's your vote? Girl I Mean To Be. Uh, Michael, what's your vote? Girl I Mean To Be. And Rosie Joe, what's your vote?
2: The Girl I Mean To Be.
1: Excellent, so Something's Coming defeats The Girl I Mean To Be 63.5% to 36.5. Next up is You and Me But Mostly Me from The Book of Mormon versus Guido Song from Nine. Uh, You and me won this vote 87 to 13%. So we won't even uh, be hanging out with Guido's song for very long. Um, Anybody have any quick goodbyes for the Guido song?
3: A brilliant song, a brilliant song. I think like lyrically one of the best songs ever written I think is so specific to that character. You cannot put that in any other show or even on any other character. You know, I think I think the I want songs of the nine generation walks that this, I want songs of the Book of Mormon generation could run. And so I want to pay homage to Guido Song and Maury Esten for that brilliant song.
1: All right, let's go to a vote. Uh, Mariah, what's your vote?
2: You and Me but Mostly Me.
1: Michael, what's your vote? Guido Song. And Rosie Jo? Guido. Excellent. So You and Me but Mostly Me wins 70.9 to 29.1. Now, uh, next up is Wait For It from Hamilton versus Not For The Life Of Me from Thoroughly Modern Millie. This is also one that was locked for you guys, but I do have a comment from a submitter who said, Wait For It should not escape the first round. Unfortunately for that person, it will escape the first round. Okay, <laughs> um, Mariah, what's your vote? Uh, wait For It. Michael? Not For The Life Of Me. And Rosie Joe.
2: Not for the life of me.
1: All right. So uh, wait for it. Defeats not for the life of me. 88.7% to 11.3. Next up, and this, yes, makes it five in a row locks that uh, we don't even, you you don't get to sway, uh, is maybe from Annie up against larger than life from my favorite year. Um, Maybe got 75% of the public vote, which is more than five sevenths uh yeah unless we really like have anything to add about this one um i'm seeing shaking heads i
0: think- I, I would just like to say to the public please stop singing larger than life <laughs> I <beg> <laughs> <me>? <laughs> this song is so horrible and i want it to be wiped from history please just stop
3: if you're a white jewish boy who has sang larger than life please raise your hand <laughs> all right we're gonna vote um mariah
1: uh maybe michael maybe rosie joe maybe maybe wins that one 83 percent to 17 percent the next matchup is wouldn't it be lovely up against uh from my fair lady up against 13 becoming a man from 13 um you guys get to to choose this one does anyone have any strong feelings
2: Um, I'll start with the 13 half of the slash 13. The I want section of the opening number is not sung by actual characters, but purposefully generic 13 year olds. In that way, it's a great opening number because it gives us a zoom out of the world. What are the ones of the like of like the populace of the like of the macro Classic opening number, if you will. And I look forward to seeing it on that bracket. The Becoming a Man half, okay, here's something I can work with. It has a 314 start for people interested. What does he want? It's a little unclear. Someday it gets better is the closest thing to a want. I like an I Want Song in the rising action. Sometimes an I Want Song can have exposition, but all exposition, a want or desire does not make. Yes, he has yearning in this little songlet, but he doesn't really identify the main drama of the show as well as Wouldn't It Be Loverly does, in my opinion.
1: Mariah, Michael?
3: I would say that the the, the, the explicit want of 13 is one day in October, it'll be a good party. (laughs) He really wants to have a good party. He wants good October, good, good, good bar mitzvah. And I think Wouldn't Be Loverly is a beautiful I want song. And I think totally has the, well, isn't it quality? Like she does get it, right? She gets it in this house. And then, but what, what does it come with? It comes with this like radical transformation. In some productions, it comes with a love story. In some productions, it doesn't come with a love story. It comes with this sort of like, she moves sort of beyond being able to recognize herself and doesn't know what to do with the new life she's inherited. And I, I think it's a, I think it's one of the most classic examples of that exact thing.
0: I would agree that the the bar mitzvah is not the the literal want. It sort of is the literal want in the show, and is not necessarily the the figurative want or whatever um, of thirteen. But something I really like about 13 is that the show is basically all of these characters. Yes, it is about Evan, but like, it is really about the group of all these different kids. And the thing is, when you are 13, you say that you want a lot of things and can do a lot of things and then realize why people tell you the things that they do once you've actually had experiences. And I, I love that the show opens up with this, like, wild energy of like all of these kids, because they they don't have exact ones because they don't know what they want. That's what they think they want. This is an obviously as, as beautiful of a show as My Fair Lady, but I think it does touch on the nuance of growing up in a way that is beautiful, that you really, really want something and you don't know why. And then you sort of, after experiencing it, which I think is the, well, isn't it quality, sort of realize later, like, no, that's not what you want. And every show has that that quality to it if it's doing this traditional storytelling. But I think that the way they do it is very characteristic of being a kid. I don't think every song necessarily needs to give us that literal lot want. I think it is more successful, but I think it can still be successful even if you don't get that,
1: because I think part of that is the story. So I'm sensing we know where we want to want to go here with our votes. Uh, I want to throw in a comment from the crowd. Um, 13 Becoming a Man is truly a banger, but hard to beat one of the all-time greats. Mariah, do you have a vote?
0: Wouldn't it be
2: lovely?
1: Michael? Wouldn't it be lovely? Rosie Joe.
2: Wouldn't it be loverly?
1: All right. So this song came like within a couple votes of being a lock. Um, It was 70 to 30 in favor of wouldn't it be Loverly." With you guys, uh, it boosts up to 78.9, otherwise known as 79, up against 21 for 13 becoming a man. Next up, the only other matchup you get to choose in this top left corner, Mm -hmm. Waving Through a Window from Dear Evan Hansen up against Roxy from Chicago.
3: I'll start by saying, this is one of my abstention rounds, <laughs> which, is, which is what I say when I feel that neither song actually meets the criteria, because I don't think either of them do. And Here's why, I think Waving Through Window is, is sort of that like general expository, this is me as a character, the explicit want isn't found in the lyric so much. And for me, that's important. Um, like, Where is the actual wish in the lyric? And I don't get a wish and waving through the window, I get, here's where I sit. Here's where, I, here. it's sort of, in that way it almost functions as an opening a little bit. It's like, here is, here is me, it's an I Am song. Mm. The problem with Roxy is she's already gotten it. She's already the front of the paper. She's already killed this guy. She's already seeing her star on the rise. And now she's just dreaming of more. It just, it's actually like, I've arrived and here's my luxury song for me. Um, so I'm actually very torn to which of it because because I, I don't love either of them. I think because Roxy has more yearning, I like that we talked about like yearning versus want. I'm leaning towards Roxy, but I would be happy to hear people's thoughts to be convinced otherwise.
2: I agree with you Michael that Roxy might be the perfect example if it came before the inciting incident, but it doesn't. I do think that the want in waving through a wind uh waving through a window is a little bit hidden, but I think one can infer that it's to be on the inside right like if someone is saying over and over on the outside always looking in they want to be on the inside
1: right
0: so I I would agree with Michael that I think both of these songs if we're evaluating them as I want songs are not as uh, ideally placed um but for me I like so when we were like coming up with a bracket, I thought of Waving Through a Window as, like, one of the songs, but then I, like, really listened to it yesterday and I was like, I don't know if I would include this as an I want song because we're also not, like, sure that that want is there, but we're also really, like, not learning anything more about him. Like, it it feels like it is this really expressive moment in time that we might identify with, but it doesn't make like I think it can be replaced with so many other moments that make the end of the show just as effective without it. Roxy, where it is placed, does not necessarily make it the best I quote unquote I want song, but that like drive of the I want song is there. Like that I'm gonna do this no matter what is there where I I feel like waving through a window is sort of more like expressing this question of, right? Like, will I ever, the freaking tree thing? Like, will I ever be able to do this? Not I will do this, not I truly want this, which is why, again, wouldn't say they're both ideal, would say they're both very strong solos, but I would say Roxy does that more successfully and makes the story more interesting because of what you know and learn from the character in that moment
1: all right so here are some comments from from the crowd i wish i knew who wrote these um first waving through a window matched with roxy question mark question mark question mark in round one question mark question mark question mark off okay sure um and the next one also calling it now roxy is a dark horse one of the few songs in the bracket that manages to be a full-on exciting theatrical moment in context instead of just a park and bark easily beats The Psychopath's Earworm. Do we think we have some votes, friends? Mm-hmm. Mariah,
3: what's your vote? My vote is Roxy. Michael, can't abstain, my friend. No, I know, I know, I'm still, I, I'm.
0: Why would you make him go next?
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's so clearly thinking.
1: <laughs> All right, Michael, we'll come back to you. Rosie Joe.
2: Mariah convinced me I'm, I'm gonna go with Roxy. Michael? I'll go with
3: waving.
1: Okie dokie so um roxy won the public vote and with your two panelist votes it wins 63 to 37. moving on to the next round um where it will match up against one of the following songs in our next matchup which has again already been decided for you um we have out there from the hunchback of notre dame up against one perfect moment from bring it on guess which one Beat the other by 82 to 18.
0: Out there.
1: Yes. Out there. SOS. Out there beat uh, One Perfect Moment. Anyone really feel so strongly?
0: One Perfect Moment is another song that doesn't sound like music to me. (laughs)
1: I'm
0: just mentioning that.
2: Say more about that.
0: I get this feeling, I'll, I'll come up with other songs to explain this, but sometimes I hear, hear songs and I'm like, that's not music, those are noises, <laughs> and they don't sound, they don't work together. Another song to me that sounds like that, that I don't think Michael will like, is The Beauty Is, but we'll talk about that when we get there.
2: Out there, I mean, I think this is going to end up being a Menken-Ashman-Schwartz race, and this has two of those names on it. It has the soaring. It makes you want to get up and want to what Quasimodo wants.
1: So, uh, do we have some votes? Yes. Mariah, out there. Michael, out there. Rosie Joe,
2: out there. But also, when people make tracks of out there, can you stop start? Can you stop starting it at the frollo part? No one wants to listen to two minutes of that one note melody conversation. Noah is his name is Frollo, right? Is it Fro? Like ice cream? I don't know. No offense to Patrick Page, who like se- seems very nice and like is very good in the role. It's just if I'm if I'm in the mood to listen to out there, I'm not in the mood to listen to <laughs> for like two minutes. It's not like the beginning of The Wizard and I, where you have to listen to Carol Shelley sing for like 23 seconds. They make it, it's like a whole song in and of itself, cut it into two tracks.
1: All right. So, um, (laughs) out there beats one perfect moment, 87 to 13. Um, and that's the end of the top left of the bracket, (sighs) moving on to the next corner of the bracket. And speaking of corners, Um, We have Corner of the Sky from Pippin versus I Want It All from Baby. Uh, This was an absolute shellacking. Um, 95% of the vote went to Corner of the Sky. Michael, I I know that you are a fan of I Want It All, and I'd love for you to just give us a a taste of your feelings.
3: Um, I agree with the public here. I think Corner of the Sky is a very perfect I Want song, and I think I Want It All is not an I Want song. I think I Want It All is a fantastic song, a fantastic moment, I think if you don't know it, you should get to know it. Um, shout out to another podcast, Matt Koplick's podcast. He and Jen Tepper go on a whole Maltby and Shire rabbit hole about baby and I want it all. You should listen to that if you're if you're miss if you're upset about I want it all. I direct you to them.
1: All right, I, do we think we can vote? I think so. Yes, Mariah. Uh, um,
2: what are, corner of the sky?
1: <laughs> Michael, corner of the sky. Rosie Joe,
2: corner of the sky.
1: All right, Corner of the Sky takes it 97, or uh, sorry, 96 to four. All right, moving on now to one. You guys get to decide. All right. I just can't wait to be king from the Lion King up against How Can I Call This Home from Parade. Who's going first? Mariah, you look just eager to, to speak. I'm not eager, I just know exactly
0: how I feel. How do you feel? I don't know if How Can I Call This Home is a very successful I want song. I think How Can I Call This Home is more about the thing that feels, more about the obstacle, more about the thing that feels bad than than what we actually want, right? Like it's sort of like we can get what we want by inferring all of this other stuff we're talking about I don't know if it necessarily gets to what we want and I don't know if as an I want song it does the job of making the rest of the show more interesting right like we know he's thinking these things as we're watching the events happen anyway I also think there's some lyrics in this song that are not as artfully done as they could be um But, like, I, I, when I was talking to Alex about, like, what I I think a good I want song does, I talk about how I just can't wait to be king, because, like, if you, like, really listen to it, it's kind of like this fun, silly song that happens, but it really makes the rest of the show interesting, right? Like, his objective is, like, I want to be king. Then he, I just can't wait to be king. Then he's king, and he's like, okay, I don't want to be king anymore. And the whole show is about trying to get him to be king again and he has all these ideas of like what things are going to be once he's king and actually when he's king all the opposite is happening right like when you see it in the context of the show you don't think it's super important you think it's a given but in the like in the actual story of Hamlet this is a really important piece right and I think it does that more successfully than how can I call this home makes that a better show
3: um Mariah you convinced me so I appreciate that because I wasn't thinking about it that way Um, The only thing I will say about this and to to next week and beyond the public is I do think I have a problem with the fact that we know he's going to get it. Like it is his actual birthright. It is his lineage. Like This is a given thing. He is going to become the king and he's excited about it, which is different for me than like the explicit desire that drives the show.
1: Rosie, do you have anything to add or do you think we can move to votes?
2: Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking you guys have shook me. Yeah, you can imply that in How Can I Call This Home he wants to be back in Brooklyn or he wants the South to feel comfortable to him, but that isn't really what he's saying. How can I call this home? He's trying to convince himself that maybe he could be comfortable. It's not really a want. It's not, in a, it's not really the drama of the piece. However, I just can't wait to be king. If you look at the lyrics, I agree with Michael that it. he's going to be king and he knows it, so I just can't wait. That being said, him being so excited about being King is the exact, well, isn't it quality that I love so much. So I think for that reason, I have to go with, I just can't wait to be King.
1: I think we can move to votes. Mariah, what's your vote?
2: I just can't wait to be King.
1: Michael? Just can't wait. And Rosie Joe, just to make it official.
2: I just can't wait to be King.
1: All right. So I just can't wait to be King uh, defeated. How can I call this home? 70% to 30% in the public vote. With you guys, it is now 78.7 to 21.3. All right. Moving on now to our next matchup. Um, Downtown, or Skid Row, from Little Shop of Horrors, up against The Beauty Is from The Light in the Piazza. Are
0: we actually deciding this
1: one? Uh, You are actually deciding this one.
2: I cannot get through the track of The <laughs> Beauty Is. I do not know how this song ends. It and feels because- like it
3: never does, it? <laughs> Oh gosh, we're being cruel. It's
2: not cruel. Thank God I've only had-, I had to hear it live in a 32 or 16 bar cut form because that's all I can take. Downtown feels like an opening number, but it is not because the title song is the opening number. Although it has the quality that a classic opening has of the zooming out and showing us like the wants of the people around our main characters, it also really brings out our two protagonists. They sing their wants very clearly. We see how their wants overlap. I think it is a perfect song and sets up the conflict of the piece very very well and in is a is a goddamn banger
1: mariah you think the beauty is doesn't sound like music what does that mean to you i don't <laughs> if you told me mariah sing the beginning of of how the
0: beauty is sounds like i would just go like <laughs> like it does not sound like a musical number to me does anybody want to say anything redeeming about the beauty is because we're just like ripping right
3: now i think it's a beautiful song i think it's a beautiful song i love the beauty is i think kelly harris sounds great on the track i think it's a beautiful orchestration i think it gives us a really interesting insight into who that person is
1: all right i think we can move to votes on this one uh,
3: mariah
2: downtown
1: michael downtown rosie joe
2: Downtown or Skid Row.
1: All right. So uh, Skid Row beat The Beauty Is in the public vote 69% to 31%. Nice. Yeah. And um, with you guys, it wins now 78 to 22. Next up is what many found to be a very troublesome matchup between what you want from Legally Blonde and who I'd be from Shrek the Musical um here are some comments from some people who who feel that way legally blonde versus shrek may have been the hardest one for me yet what does that say about me question mark anonymous stiffest matchup here is what you want versus who i'd be dang with an ellipsis after very dramatic and who i'd be versus what you want is insane and should be illegal from another anonymous sub- submission. Um Michael, you you look pained to hear that people are so uh uh find this so difficult and I want to hear what you have to say.
3: I just I'm a stickler for st- structure unless you really are good at breaking the structure. And if you are at the end of act 1 you are not the I want song unless 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 I decide otherwise, which I know is not good reasoning. <laughs>
0: I think that something that's really important that I think we're sort of getting to when we're talking about this positioning of the song is like who I'd be could be and I want song but it's after we learn so much about the characters and the characters learn like the teeny easiest bit about themselves and then they decide to like express this new desire they have like it's this moment of sometimes it's the same as how they were in the beginning. Sometimes it's not, but it's this little moment of growth, like these end of act one songs that I feel like don't make them as successful as I want songs because we'll talk about what you want for a while, because I think it's very strong, but like what you want literally sets up for us. We get to see like her plan she thinks that she has literally play out before us, right? Whereas like Who I'd Be, we're a little bit into the story and like, I don't know if this is something he cares about in the beginning. And like, it's a good reflection, but it's like
3: a who am I now kind of thing. Just to add some language to that, which I think you're so dead on, Mariah, is like thinking about them both as quest shows. And both like Elwood and Shrek both go on quests. Mm-hmm. Who I'd be is in the middle of the quest. I mean, most musicals are structured this way. If we think about like the the, the, the hero's journey, the quest, like Elwood's, Woods, what you want catapults her into the journey, right? And like, I think what, what you want as well is it actually start, it like brings us, through many parts of the journey like it starts in the place of the decision and ends in the place that she's already through step one and it quite literally spells out step one step two step three which while perhaps lazy i think is a, is a really good job of focusing that show
0: and, and something i do want to mention too is like both of these shows are adaptations of movies right and like they both f- f- like took these different moments and not that they were being in direct comparison for each other when they were written right but like what you want is those like two minutes and 45 seconds of Legally Blonde that are are that like video montage they have in the movie. And I think it's done really well that made it stronger. Like Legally Blonde is like one of the only shows that I'm like, it is stronger in its new form than its original form. And I think that's something that really highlights how good the writing is.
1: Rosie Joe, do you have anything to add to the conversation or do we think we can move to votes?
2: I feel like the answer to both of those questions is yes. I have things to add, but we could move to votes.
1: All right. Let's uh, move to a vote. Mariah.
2: What you want?
1: Michael? Is rotten right
0: in
2: front of you. Rosie Joe. Front of you. <laughs> Great.
1: Thank you. That was beautiful. And they say you can't do theater over Zoom. <laughs> So with that, uh, what you want defeated who? I'd be fifty-eight percent to forty-two percent in the public vote. With you guys, it is now at seventy percent to thirty percent. So we'll be seeing it in the next round, uh, up against downtown or Skid Row. Next up is "Goodnight My Someone" from The Music Man, up against "One Song Glory" from Rent.
3: I I, I think "Goodnight My Someone" occupies a certain niche in the bracket of sort of the like love song I want song which I think is like a very class, you know, I think there are many of them and it's nice to have them represented here. She's not the protagonist, I don't think. So I feel a little iffy about that. And I do think that giving an I Want Song to Roger and Rent in the Former One Song Glory focuses Rent in a really explicit, like in a really needed way. Like I think when you, because Roger has the sort of I Want Song slot, it can make him the protagonist and give us a sort of a lens to access the story, which otherwise just feels like big ensemble piece, eight principles, like pick a favorite.
2: I agree with Michael. And I think that one song glory is such the perfect example of the objective and the super objective, the objective being, I want to write one good song before I die. And the super objective being why does a man write his name on a tree or the firstborn inherit the throne? Like, for that reason, I, I think I'm I'm leaning One Song Glory.
1: Well, an anonymous su- submission wrote, One Song Glory is bad. So if you want to take that into consideration. Um, I don't like One Song Glory. So neither does this person. You should call them up. I think we can move to votes on this one. Um, what do we think? Mariah, do you think you can vote?
0: Yeah, I'm going to vote for Good Someone.
1: Michael? One Song Glory. Rosie Joe.
2: One Song Glory.
1: All right. So uh, One Song Glory beat Goodnight My Someone in the public vote. Uh, same as the other one, 58 to 42. Uh, with your two votes, it now uh, wins 60 to 40. All right. Moving on to our next matchup, which is Fabulous Baby from Sister Act up against Valjean's <laughs> Soliloquy from Les Miserables. Uh, Mariah, what is uh, what are your chuckles about?
0: Some of these matchups are like, you know, like jokes that don't have functions. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what they feel like sometimes. Um the older and older I get, the
3: more I'm like, I don't actually like,
0: like this. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that.
3: I think I just Valjean de is a song that I need help with, I find. Like I think I think I would enjoy the show more if it was a clearer want and a clearer. Launching pad for the journey, I mean, I guess it is. I don't know. I I think I think it has my vote, but I I'm, I need I need I need someone I need someone passionate to call in about Valjean Soliloquy.
1: Seventy-one percent of the public, just under the necessary margin for locking the song, feels that Valjean's Soliloquy is the song here. So maybe they could call you. What do you have to? What do you got, Miranda?
0: I just okay, like sure. We do know in Fabulous Baby that she already thinks she's fabulous. Whatever. The thing though, if I'm comparing these two songs, I'm like, what's a successful I want song? I think a quality that we talked about of a successful I want song, it makes you like jump up and you're like, yes, I want you to get what you want. So that when you don't get what you want, or you get it in a different way, I feel really for you. Right. And like fabulous, maybe she knows that she's like fabulous, but then we find out that she's fabulous. And more importantly, we find out she has this like whirlwind energy that like takes her through the rest of this like weird story that she has right and like we're not necessarily learning something new but we have that quality of it Val John's soliloquy I would argue you can't c- cut <laughs> because it is it's that thing of, that Michael's saying like so much part of the reason I don't love I as I'm getting older I'm like I don't love Les is because when I was little I was like oh I just don't understand all of the words and all of the things that are going on and as I get older I'm like it's not that I can't understand it's that there's so much being thrown at me and a lot of this could be like cut like we can cut the fat of a lot of lameness because some of the things Les are so so beautiful but it's like under
2: all these other things that are happening that we don't necessarily need right how does you Learning that she's fabulous. I don't think it's set you up for the journey.
0: I don't think it's it's learning that she's fabulous. I think like this is this is not as intricate. And again, I'm just comparing this with Valjean soliloquy in the way that I'm experiencing that. Right? Like I don't think we're I don't think we're necessarily learning anything in this song. I think it is more what I'm talking about is the like experiential impact of having listened to the song. Right.
2: I think the soliloquy is almost not an I want song until it the very end. I think yeah. the thesis of it is he decides that he'll escape now from that world from the world of Jean Valjean and so like I think it's his the journey of him deciding what he wants, right? Does does he like keep battling within himself about this like moral dilemma he has or does he just make a decision and move on and he decides to do that and so like <laughs> all
1: right let's move to votes on this one um miss copeland
2: Evans, maybe.
1: michael valjean rosie joe
2: Valjean's soliloquy
1: all right so valjean soliloquy takes it 70 to 30. Next up, uh, the next two are both locked for you um, by the public. The next matchup we have are, I hope I get it from A Chorus Line and On Your Way Home from James and the Giant Peach. Rosie Joe, as our resident peach, um, would you like to say anything about On Your Way
2: Home? It's funny you call me the resident peach because I was about to say three out of the four of us are peaches. Yeah, for the audience at home um, during college, I was in a production of James and the Giant Peach that um, Alex ran the light board on and uh, Michael assistant assisted me, assistant choreographed. And that's how like Michael and I got really close. I'll just say that James and the Giant Peach by Paskin Paul is a beautiful lesser known score that everyone should uh, give themselves a treat and listen to.
1: Absolutely. All right, so we're gonna move to votes on this one. Um, Mariah?
2: Um, uh, oh my God,
0: I hope I get it.
1: Michael? I hope I get it. Rosie Jo? On your way home. Perfectly apt. All right. So, uh, I hope I get it beats on your way home. 82 to 18. All right. Next up is the prologue of into the woods up against dust and ashes from uh, great Comet. Um, and this one prologue got 85% of the public vote. Um, so it, it's definitely going through, um, anybody here have a lot to say about, uh, dust and ashes. All right, so let's move to votes. Mariah? Prologue. Michael? Prologue. Rosie Joe,
2: The Prologue of Into the Woods.
1: All right, so Prologue wins 90 to 10. All right, so that is the end of the bottom left of the bracket. How do I get to the next page? Here we go. Hello, we are not available now.
2: Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. I am calling to file a complaint. I was informed that STARS did not make the bracket. So I am kindly calling to tell you to go fuck yourself.
1: Goodbye. All right, on to the top right of our bracket. With uh, My Shot from Hamilton, up against Someday from The Wedding Singer. This was also one that was locked. Um, My Shot beat Someday 87 to 13% in the public vote. I'm willing to just let this one pass without much much sentiment about Someday from The Wedding Singer. But if anyone feels incredibly strongly (laughs) about either of these songs even, or what this matchup says or anything like that, Feel free to speak
3: now. I will speak. I think I th- I will just say I'm I think my shot's great. So I will talk about that in future podcasts. I look forward to participating and listening to other people speak about it. Um Someday's Fantastic. I love that song. Rose and I were texting about it this week. I think it's a very successful I want song. I think the vocal performance on that track is some of the most fabulous thing that's ever happened. I think she just sounds so good and clean and clear and the mix is heavenly. I think wedding singer love is always needed. So here's some love for the wedding singer and for someday.
1: So let's move to votes. Mariah. My shot. Michael. My shot. Rosie Joe, My shot. All right, so my shot takes this one 91 to nine. Next up is I want to be a producer from The Producers up against Journey On from Ragtime. Very interesting one. Anyone like to uh, start us off on this one?
2: I would be more excited about Journey On if it were a trio between Tate, Mother, and Callhouse. We don't follow Father. So it, to me, it'd be so perfect if it were that trio for the three stories that we follow. And the fact that it's father makes me care just a little less, even though it's still like quite a banger and like really successful tune.
1: I will say many people, more than one person submitted this song and uh, some submitted it with um, the, the the mother song that happens right before it, which it is by called, my love. but I chose not to include it um, because she does end up coming back and singing this song. Um, and we, you know, can use that context for this song.
3: I'll, I'll just piggyback on it, Alex, I think that actually is a fatal flaw for me. That not separating the What songs, is a fatal flaw? That that Goodbye, My Love is not the song here. I think I think her wishing, let this be the year we both travel, that being the explicit wish in that song, focuses ragtime, and then, like, it, the way that it leads into Journey On can make me buy that this whole sequence is an I want sequence. But if you look at Journey On, even though it has her sort of coda with her coming... I think of her coming down the staircase because that's what we did, but that was not it. <laughs> so, um, uh, that For those who off.
1: don't know, Michael directed a production of Ragtime at Northwestern University in the year 2018. Uh, it was very good.
3: But yes, I, I feel even I don't her coming back into the End of Journey On is not enough for me to redeem it. And I think I want to be a producer. Extremely explicit. I like that it's an I want as long as that becomes a production number. Um does its job very well in the style of the show. Well, I- the the thing that we take away from journey
0: on that is significant is the contrasting points between father leaving tata coming mother watching both of these things happen and these are eventually going to be two men who are very important in her life and like it's not like i i agree with rosie joe that i think this would be a cooler song and more interesting and like could be an I Want Song of Coal House was in it. But I think he's not in it because that's not the point, right? Like the point is that like some of some of us are beginning our journeys on boats and here's like the historical nuance of that. And let's think about this, whatever, you know?
3: I just want to just highlight this as it can produce for future conversations is establishment of motif, both musical motif and thematic motif. I think Journey On is exclusively that almost, right? Like we're establishing a theme in both which will repeat 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 and like mm-hmm. unravel in meaning as it repeats throughout the show and the sense of like two men in the darkness but for one moment we're the same
1: so this one feels a little muddy but do we feel like we could vote
0: yeah okay we're like
3: um mariah what's your vote i want to be a producer michael what's your vote i want to be
1: and rosie joe
2: I want to be a producer.
1: All righty. So, interestingly, Journey On beat I want to be a producer in the public vote 60 to 40. Um, This is the first matchup that you guys have overturned the public vote on, um, putting I want to be a producer through um, by a 58 to 42% margin. Next up is another one that has already been decided for you. Um, some people from Gypsy up against Where Is Love from Oliver. On some people versus Where Is Love, Mariah. Some people. Uh, Michael. Where is Love? Rosie Joe.
2: Some people. Uh
1: huh. All right. So uh, some people won the public vote, seventy-three to twenty-seven percent. Wins the cumulative tally, seventy-one to twenty-nine. Um, tough luck for uh, some orphans that are in our bracket as this goes away and so does the uh, James and the Giant Peach. Moving on now to much more from the Fantastics up against the Spark of Creation from Children of Eden.
2: I am more interested in much more because it has the well isn't it factor because Fantastics is all about getting everything you thought you wanted and realizing that everything is terrible. Um, my type of show spark of creation is a fucking banger. It sounds like an, I want song.
1: Mm-hmm. Mariah, Michael, you have anything you want to throw into the conversation here?
3: I agree, but I have no more nuanced thoughts.
1: <laughs> Michael.
3: If you want to call me and talk about who is a protagonist of Children of Eden, I'd be down to chat about it. All right, so let's move
1: to votes. Mariah? Much more. Michael? Much more. Rosie Joe.
2: Much more.
1: All right, so um, mm-hmm. Much More got 47% of the vote and Spark Creation got 53%. So this is another one that you guys are flipping the public on. Um, cumulative vote is 63 to 37 in favor of much more. Um, up next, we have Waiting for Life from Once on this Island up against On My Way from Violet. So,
0: I will never forget when my mother said this to me. My parents are devout Christians and both love music and both love worshiping through the art music. And once I was a child and I said, Mom, you know, I know you love Christian music but a lot of it is really bad and it like sounds the same and it's like, it's not good music. And there are so many other songs we use in worship that are set that are really good music that I love. And she goes, yeah, I think that sometimes God is disappointed in us (laughs) because not everyone takes the task, um, genuinely, and tries to make something new and beautiful. And I would say with I want songs, I would categorize on my way as a, as a song that my mother would say is not doing justice to the task, genuinely,
1: and has, has missed that bill. I think we can move to votes. How's that sound? Mariah? Waiting for life. Michael? Waiting for life. Rosie Joe.
2: Waiting for Life.
1: All right, so Waiting for Life very nearly was a lock. It got 49% of the cumulative vote on its own. With you guys now, it has 79% of the cumulative vote. Uh, On My Way finishes with only 21% of the cumulative vote. Next up is It Won't Be Long Now from In the Heights up against, maybe this time, from Cabaret.
2: (sighs) Oh. impossible to discuss because this song maybe this time serves different dramatic purposes in the movie and the play normally i would say i would i would say let's use the movie because that is the medium for which we first heard the song
1: maybe i could uh direct us a little bit here. Is
3: maybe this time a successful I want song? I <laughs> do not think so. I, I think the tragedy of the matchup is they both, to me, fall short. This is another one of my sort of like abstention rounds or like let's leapfrog something else that we love that didn't make it back in category. Uh, uh, or, or an all-stars too, kind of bamboozle it won't be long now for me as a problem because she's like the fourth lead like it's like she's like not even that she's not even the second protagonist she's like the fourth protagonist it's kind of in the i want song in the slot and that it's early but it's really not her journey we're following and while i do think the song makes us care about her for sure and it's a great song
0: yeah it's it's i think part of the reason that it's hard for me is uh, neither of them are perfect i want songs but they are both like dripping with this like want piece we're talking about like mm. both drenched in it (laughs) and it's like and both beautifully and artfully done i don't i don't know if that bit sells it for me like every time i think of something that i don't love about one of them i think about something i don't love about the other and like i go back and forth and back and forth
3: but also part of me thinks like is it is this true like does she does she want that
1: what do we think we think we can vote i can vote i think we could do it mariah
3: it won't be long now
1: Rosie Joe, uh, sorry, sorry, Michael.
3: It won't be long now. Rosie Joe. It won't be long now.
1: Wow. Wow. Maybe this time was maybe a vote away from being a lock, um, and you guys swung it all the way back. It, it won't be long now. Beats maybe this time in the cumulative tally, fifty point
0: two to forty nine point eight.
1: Wow. All right. Moving on to uh, the next matchup. These next two are both locks. This one is soon as I get home against The Wiz versus Tight Knit Family from Falsettos. And Michael, I'm sorry to say it, but your Falsettos contribution once again has fallen. Um, If you'd like to take this opportunity to eulogize it, feel
3: free. I won't cry like I did last year, but I will say this. I simply really appreciate Bill Finn's take on the I Want song, which is the protagonist steps forward and says, The situation is this, and this is what I want. <laughs> and like like a New York Jew, he says, Here's what's happening in my life, and here's what I want from do with it. Let's go on a journey, friends. Here we go. And it's just so it's like 45 seconds long. It's so explicit. There's no if ands, or buts. It's not particularly nuanced. He just says, I know you need the audience, I know you need this information. Here it is. Are you with me? Great. Let's start the journey.
1: Michael, I have to say it was it was close. Well, close to not being a lock. I mean, as um, soon as I got home, as soon as I get home, only got seventy two percent of the public vote, which only gives it fifty point four percent of the cumulative tally. Um, but let's hear the podcast votes. Mariah. As soon as I get home. Uh, Michael. Tighten it. Rosie Joe. As
2: soon as I get home.
1: All right. So that makes it uh 70 to 30 in favor of soon as i get home now next matchup, we've got opening a new world from songs for a new world up against part of your world from the little mermaid um was excited to have a conversation about worlds here but uh there's there's no uh there's there's no opportunity for that one anonymous submission wrote part of your part of you word had elite eight final four potential so just what it says, I'm just reading it word for word. I really want someone to write in and explain to me why opening or uh, from Songs for a New World was submitted as many times as it was. Strange to me. It only got 22% of the public vote. I think we can move to votes unless people feel they need to get something out about this matchup. Mariah. Part of your world. Michael. Part of your world. Rosie Jo.
2: Part of your world.
1: Uh, so Part of Your World wins 85 to 15. All right, we're up to the last quadrant, the final one. Three locks in these next eight. I will tell them when tell you them when we get to them. Um, and the first one is the first matchup, which is if I were a rich man from Fiddler on the Roof up against when I climbed to the top of Mount Rock from School of Rock. There's a comment on this one. Uh, despite if I were a rich man's uh absolute smashing, it won by the largest margin of any song in this first round and was the most submitted song by the public it won 95 to five in the public vote. Someone anonymous wrote, Tevye doesn't want to be rich. It's beyond even his wildest ambition. He's telling you what his life might be like if he were rich, but I don't perceive the song to be earnestly aspirational. I'm seeing some nods from some of our judges here, which maybe portends, if I were a rich man's future chances to make it through this bracket um i'm not sure when i climbed to the top of mount rock from school of rock like anyone really like knows that song um which might be why so few people voted for it um but uh yeah let's get to uh the podcast vote mariah
2: if i were a
0: rich
1: man michael if i were a rich man rosie
2: joe <laughs>
1: Is that Yiddish? Wow. (laughs) All right. So If I Were a Rich Man wins that one 97 to three. All right. Next up is The Impossible Dream from Man of La Mancha up against Astonishing from Little Women. And Mariah, I heard, has something to say about Astonishing.
2: This
0: is an interesting question of, like, the position in the show. Um, I got to say, I'm somebody who I... I have not seen Man of La Mancha live. I hate listening to The Impossible Dream. And that's, people can roast me for that, whatever. I I don't like the song. Um, So I'm coming in pretty biased. But I also feel a little conflicted about Astonishing because I do feel like The Impossible Dream does a better job of the task of the I Want song that we're talking about, only because I think it's sort of a similar thing of Who I'd Be From Shrek where like, I think you could like cut the beginning, like narrative part of Asana and pop it earlier in the show. And it like, doesn't really matter. Um, but I think it makes it less of, an I want song. I think it makes it more of like this park and bark solo. Um, that's to say, I think I would vote for impossible dream, even though it's the song that I don't like better because of the things that the things that were talking about, um, But I think I feel complicated because of all of these structural questions and the potential that I see from it.
3: The structure of Little Women is so weird. I think if that (laughs) show would be so much more successful if they re, it It starts with her in New York at the boarding house. And then the first act goes back in time. And then until we start in act two, we go back to the top of the show, like back to like the boarding house and then continues on from there. So it like, it's very bizarre. And I think it makes, I think I think if the show started with her coming to New York and astonishing Izzy I Want song, it would be like she's yes. leaving Concord to go to New York. But it's yes. it still kind of is that moment. It just is sli- it's just slid back. It, it's very it's very it's it's tricky. And I think where your point of like it's a question of adaptation is a really big thing. And we can talk all about the, the different adaptations of Little Women in another podcast. <laughs> um, I think I'm with I think I'm on the impossible dream boat, but I <laughs> the, the
1: impossible dream shoot. boat. <laughs> <laughs> Broadway at sea, the impossible
3: dream boat. <laughs> but I, in, in, both imperfect.
2: I, I'm i looking toward astonishing because it addresses not only her professional life but her personal life. It addresses her relationship with her sisters and how she thought that would play in things. Neither of these songs is original want, really, right?
3: I don't know La Mancha well enough to really jump into that pit. Yeah. To provide some context, uh, The Impossible
1: Dream like it, it essentially is, is, a, is, a, is a thesis statement on who the character is and might not be the strongest uh, I want song because the want is wanting. It's not necessarily, you know, he speaks of all these metaphors and of this woman or whatever, um, but those wants are not crystalline clear compared to other songs with other wants. That's not to say though, that up against a song like Astonishing, which comes at the same time in the, in the musical as Who I'd Be from Shrek, doesn't also have some problematic, some, some issues with it that don't make it a great, I want some.
2: Right, and he, what he's saying is if every person strives to be good, then the world will slowly get better. And isn't that a want?
1: Yes. I th- I I think so. And in fact, this song is only here because I put it in, because I love this song. But I think we could vote. I think we're at the point that, that voting is, is what's appropriate. So um Mariah.
0: Go to me last.
1: Michael. Astonishing. Rosie Joe. Can't abstain. Um is, is the
2: Well, because, because it march into hell for a heavenly cause, like uh that's
1: poetry it's beautiful it's a beautiful song
2: yeah i'm gonna say the impossible dream rosie joe the impossible dream
1: all right so uh michael's one vote for astonishing put it over the edge
2: oh i'm so sorry Um, no it's
0: okay
1: no uh these are the way these are the way things roll this is the way things go so uh, Astonishing beat The Impossible Dream in the public vote, 61 to 39, which in the cumulative vote is 42 and a half to 27 and a half. Um, with your 10% added, it makes it 52 and a half. Uh only gets to 47 and a half. And Astonishing will meet up with If I Were a Rich Man in the next round. Moving on now to Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray up against Green Finch and Linnet Bird from Sweeney Todd. Um, good Morning Baltimore is a lock on this one. I'm not entirely sure, Greenfinch, that Joanna is the protagonist of Sweeney Todd. Not even sure she's the second one or maybe even the third one. I understand this one. Does anyone have anything to add about these songs? I think we can vote.
3: Uh, totally. Mariah?
0: Good morning, Baltimore, but I don't support
3: <laughs> <laughs> Michael? Similar sentiment, same same vote, same thought.
1: Rosie jo? Uh
2: Yeah, same
1: all right moving on now Belle reprise from beauty and the beast up against wedding song from Hades Town. anyone have anything to say about this one
2: are we actually deciding this one oh.
1: you are indeed deciding this one
2: i love bell reprise i want adventure in the great wide somewhere i want it more than i can tell it's sweeping it's simple i love that it's a reprise of the opening which like is so catchy and like now we get it in a private way
3: and totally uh sort of well isn't it moment i mean just in terms of like she gets adventure not the adventure she wanted but is but maybe it is the adventure she wanted two hours later you know it's like it just feels like it's such a good start of a journey that is so unpredictable i i will i i was so quick to write wedding song off but as i'm thinking about it a little bit i just want to have a moment of appreciation for the musical where sort of the love story is one of the most driving sort of the, the driving force of the show we get this sort of I want song in terms of the life they're going to make together I don't want it to win over Belle but I there's more to it than I initially thought and I just want to give Town some credit there. Mm-hmm. Mariah what's your vote? Belle. Michael? Belle reprise.
1: Uh, Rosie Joe. Bell reprise. Uh, So interestingly, uh, the public vote on this one was nearly tied. Um, uh, Bell reprise only got one more vote than uh, Wedding Song. Um, But with your three votes, doesn't even matter. Uh, It wins 65 to 35. Next up is Just a Simple Sponge from SpongeBob SquarePants the musical up against Journey to the Past from Anastasia. Miss Copeland, you have the floor.
0: So here's here's an issue I have that I want us to talk about to decide now for the rest of the podcast. Are we talking about Journey to the Past in the way it was originally written in the movie? Or are we talking about its placement in the musical? Because it is vastly different in the two. And I think the way it was originally created is its is its purpose. And I think we should talk about it that way. But if other people think we should talk about it where it is in the musical, we can. I will mention, though, I, I don't what we do either way. I think it's up to the group. And I, that's why I wanted to bring it up is that question. I will say, though, Journey to the Past is not is non-Disney. And it also, I would say, is the one song in here. I don't know all of the other non-Disney musicals so well, but from the mu- movie to musical is vi- like very, like completely different show. Um, whereas the other things are like adaptations, that is really like, it's not the same at all.
1: My my official take is that the songs, especially from the Disney musicals or songs that were from musicals or written in, in separate contexts before their musicals uh, that are in this count the version that we are considering is the one from the musical, but because this form is such a content dictated form based on the lyrics and the music itself, and I mean, not to suggest that it's not also structural, structural as in in the musical, you can consider its placement and its original purpose in your individual understanding of the song. Because, I mean, the lyrics to part of your world are the same lyrics to part of your world in the movie as they are in the musical. But I think we are primarily going off the musical version, but I think you can approach the conversation with your context of knowing the movie and of knowing movies and knowing whatever standards or whatever. I would like to push us to vote. All right, let's, uh, let's vote. Mariah, what do you say?
2: I'll just
3: say
1: Journey to the Past. <laughs> Michael?
3: Journey to the Past, I guess. <laughs> Mariah made me want to want it.
2: Rosie Jo?
1: Journey to the Past. <laughs> wow. So All right. It's so good. So, so uh, Journey to the Past beat Simple Sponge uh, 65 to 35 in the public vote. With your three votes, it's now 75 to 25. All right, next up is 96,000 from In the Heights up against I Know It's Today from Shrek the Musical.
2: I Know It's Today sets up the want, Fiona. 96,000 is every character considering what would happen if this one-off thing occurred. I I will say, though,
0: I think, like, And I wanna caution this by saying that like In the Heights is not a musical that I know super, super, super well. Um, I would agree with that. And I think there is a a piece of, when I'm talking about like that literal want and then like the promise or this idea that is a figurative want. I think that's something that a lot of those different characters talk about is like, what if I get out? And like the 96,000 is not so much the money it is this idea of like, what if we all got out? What would we do? And they all have different answers to that that I think lean to something that is more, that is like deeper than the literal thing that we're saying. And you'd love to get both, right? But I think the visceral reaction to that song, the reason why it has the energy it has, whether or not that really goes into the main plot conflict, I do think that's a, it's a valid one.
1: It's interesting. These two songs kind of pose the same want uh, like of, of what it would be like to, to get out. Um, do we think we could vote? I do feel ready, I think.
3: Mariah, what do you got?
0: I'm going to say 96,000.
3: Uh, Michael? Mariah totally reversed my vote, so I'm going to go with 96,000 too. And Rosie
1: Joe?
2: I'm going to go with I Know It's Today.
1: Excellent. All right, so uh, 96,000. Came very close to being a lock on this one. 96,000 uh, beat, I know it's today, 69 to 31 in the public vote. And with your two votes, it's it's 69 to 31 in the cumulative vote as well. All right. Next up is I'm the Greatest Star from Funny Girl up against Santa Fe from Newsies. Um, and just to clarify, um, it is the act one finale version of Santa Fe, the one that Michael put in his Spotify playlist.
2: This one's really hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the greatest star this is an I want song in a way that none of the others are. And we have the stock Disney I want song like four times over already. So I'm ready to vote.
1: All right. Everybody else ready to vote? Just need some nods. All right, Mariah, what do you got?
2: Greatest star.
1: Uh Michael? I am by far. And Rosie Joe. Oh no,
2: I know. I know. What was that?
1: All right. So that's three for I'm the greatest star. Greatest star only got three more votes in the public than Santa Fe did. You guys locked up Greatest Star at 66% up against uh, 34%. Now the last matchup and our last matchup that is a lock. Um, Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors up against Dance With You from The Prom. I'm so I think, nervous. Yeah, I think, <laughs> well, it's like, oh, God. Um, some, Somewhere That's Green, just to put it in words, defeated Dance With You, 82 to 18. <laughs> uh, I think Dance With You suffers from being a newer song and a worse song than, than Somewhere That's Green, which is a lot of uh, cultural cachet in the musical theater. Um, does anyone want to throw anything out there? important to say for this one before we vote?
0: Um, Something I said to Alex that I was thinking about in terms of like how strong a song is, every year we do this is I think, would this still do what it's supposed to do in the show if somebody on Broadway did it or if like a fifth grader did it at their elementary school? Because that speaks, that speaks to the power of what is already there no matter what. And I think that later, somewhere that's green might get a lot of flack but I think it's a song that does that. That's
3: all I gotta say. I just can't, I hope there's a moment in which Somewhere That's Green goes against Part of Your World because they are the same song musically. <laughs> they are really the same song. He wrote the same song twice and I can't wait to talk about it.
1: All right, what are your votes, friends? Mariah? My name's Green.
3: Michael? Somewhere That's Green. Rosie Joe,
2: Part of Your World. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm gonna say that that's somewhere that's green okay um so that means somewhere that's green won this one 88 to 12 all right so that is the end of that thank you everybody for joining me and doing this um i'm really excited to get into the next round um, we've got some really excellent matchups, interesting things to talk about that as of this podcast going live, the votes will be open for round two. Um, you'll have until Thursday, March 11th at 5 p.m. to get your votes in and uh, can't wait to see. I think Michael will be back for next week um, with another guest judge, Mariel Issa. It's going to be great. And uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you, Michael. And of course, Thank you, my love, Mariah, and uh, see you later. Have a good one.